Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, and with me today at Pumpkin Hill is Sam the Fighting Freak Grezis. Aw, it's, it's, it's funny because Sonic Mania comes out today, or the day we're recording. Have you have you played this game yet? Nope. Dave? I think Sonic is overrated. Sonic is very good. Um, and the best part about all the Sonic games, and I'll die on this hill, I will die on this pumpkin hill, is the soundtracks, specifically the soundtracks to Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, specifically the raps that uh, a rapper named Hunted P does in the character of Knuckles about ghosts. So Pumpkin Hill is probably the only thing to come out of that game that really stands the test of time. <laughs> Yes, yes. Put it on the back of the box. When they when they do the um the anniversary edition, I want to see that quote on the back of the box. Mediocre Hill, but it has Pumpkin Hill. Pumpkin Hill dot 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 stands the test of time, Dave Rapocia. Oh, it's like an album cover. It's a yep. video game cover of just like Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, but then on the bottom it says includes the hit single Pumpkin Hill. Yes, yes, please. God. Oh man. Good times. I'm getting my copy of that tomorrow. Sonic Mania, that is. Apparently, it's pretty good. I'm excited. I ain't gonna let it get to me. I'm just going creep. Down Pumpkin Hill. Gotta find my lost piece. <laughs> I know that do it's this here. Whole thing. Yeah, I, I can sense it in my feet. The Great Emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing. Okay, it's around <laughs> somewhere. Come, buddy, I'm here for this. If, if you want to, if this is the way you, you want to spend the podcast, I am fine. I'm gonna be honest. That's as far as I can remember off the top of my yeah, head. It's fine. I yeah, that's fair, and probably for the best. After we had that discussion on Twitter, yeah, mm-hmm. in our little DMs, we were discussing Sonic, and we discussed Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Yeah, I went back and I listened to the soundtrack all over again. It's so and, uh, good, my it's dude. It's not good. No, it's it's really good it's butt rock. Not, like, I mean, it's good butt rock. But live and butt learn. Rock is live and learn bad. is a jam. Live and learn is a jam. What is that? The one, the first level where Sonic is jugga jugga party jug jugga 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 yeah 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 yeah. And then it's, it's like, can you feel life moving through your mind? Oh, okay. That's no. the boss theme. Well, City Escape is the best one on the whole, on the whole thing, except for you Pumpkin mean, Hill. Except for Pumpkin Hill. Yeah, obviously. Eh. This one is great. I, eh. I listen. I know it's silly, and I know it's. Dumb, I really I love that game, love but songs. I I don't know it. Mm. Even at the time I was playing it, I'm like, this isn't that great a game. I'm under no illusions that it is a. I mean. I think it's a good game, like, and it definitely was a good game when it was released. It doesn't it stand released, the test I'd give of time. It like a three the and a half stars, maybe four yeah. on its best day. Yeah, yeah. I'm under no illusions that it's some sort of unimpeachable thing, but the combination of the banging soundtrack and the fact that it came out when it did for me is like it'll always be one of my like favorite games of all time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we should stop talking about Sonic. Yeah, it's a football podcast. This is a football podcast, and we have football news. A lot. Dang. Namely, one major piece of football news. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we said anything about this and were proven wrong last week. I feel like we must have said something. But we finally got news on the Ezekiel Elliott yeah. uh, front, and it was quite the doozy. 
it dropped Friday morning that Ezekiel Elliott is getting suspended for six games. Whew. I, I, I want to step in real quick here, because if you're if you're listening to this podcast, Diana Moskovitz from Deadspin has been covering uh, domestic violence issues uh, in the NFL and in other sports. Like she's done some of the best reporting I think I have ever seen on on that kind of on those issues and very few other people do the kind of work that she does uh in the kind of in-depth way that she does and she literally like a half hour before we started recording this podcast uh she wrote a piece on uh the ezekiel elliott suspension suspension that everyone should read just want to put that out there first and foremost so she's all right. I'm gonna go to hell for this joke. I'm gonna say that right now. Okay. But so th- this woman has done amazing reporting on domestic violence in sports. Mm-hmm. Would you call her a beat reporter? Oh God damn it, Dave! <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We should move right on from that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just let that sit in time. So what and was your first reaction when you saw Zeke got six games? I, the, the NFL fucked up again, right? Really? Like they're, yes. They're, they're, because I had the exact same reaction. Wait, <laughs> he got six games? And the funniest part about us thinking that the NFL fucked up again was that six games is exactly what, according to their policy, he should have gotten. Right. Right, but at the same time, it's like they're they are they have this whole PR thing. It, this this reeks of a PR move that the yeah. NFL is trying to do, being like, "No, we got it right." Zero My tolerance. gut instinct when I saw this was, "Oh fuck, it's another Deflate Gate." Uh, if only because yeah, it felt I mean, like an overreaction to punish a major player on a major market team to make it look like they weren't biased. Right, right. And I, I, here's the other thing is that like now the story is the suspension and that's what the NFL wants is the story is a suspension and not and not whether or not the like the criminal investigation of Ezekiel Elliott went correctly or whether or not he's actually guilty of domestic abuse. Now now the issue is the NFL's handling of you know, all of this shit, which has always been dog shit, and that's always been the story. I just, like, I, we've had this conversation, like, what was it, like a month ago or so? Yeah, probably. I just fucking, I, he was, so he was, he was cleared, I, he was cleared of wrongdoing or the case was dropped. There's a distinction there, and I can't remember which actually happened in the Zeke case, right? But then the NFL comes out and is like, we have, we have information that implicates Ezekiel Elliott in this domestic violence thing and we're going to yeah. suspend it. It looked like they had more uh, evidence than the police. It looked like they, according then, to them, it looked like they had investigated more than the cops did. Then why don't they give that information to the police? Like, why Why don't they... I don't know. Well, they were actually work with law enforcement. I See, I, here's the problem I think I have with this whole thing, is that if you look at this decision in a vacuum, it's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, it's the problem right. is the NFL has no credibility. No. So none. even though in a vacuum this was right, mm-hmm. it's impossible for us to say that it's right because we have context. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Did you see the um the statement from 
the NFL on the. Like, I was actually going to read that. Please, uh, please later on, it actually makes me sick. Like I. But can't... I, before we get to that, like let's let's continue talking about the initial like. Yeah. So yeah, did yeah, you yeah. read the initial report by the NFL? Tort about Zeke and like why they suspended him, such like that. I see, I saw a lot of people like being mad, namely as expected Cowboys fans, sure, were upset about this and perfectly understandable. But it, a lot of people were like, well, there weren't charges and there weren't like that kind of thing. But the one thing you have to keep in mind with the NFL is it's a private organization, it is not bound by law, it does right. not. Right. It, the NFL can punish and not punish essentially on its own whims. Like it, if it doesn't want to punish for domestic violence, it it, it can do that. To. It yeah. does not have to. It can absolutely. Ezekiel Elliott can go punch a woman in the face on live television or in an elevator, and the NFL could be like, "Yeah, <laughs> right. that's yeah, fine. whatever." They're yeah. under no like legal or anything obligation to do anything about that that's it's a law issue the nfl does not it's not there so the nfl doesn't need the same level of um evidence to punish someone because i can't walk into my boss's office flip him the bird and go hey fuck you without yeah, it's not you know, against the law don't fire me yeah <laughs> it's not against the law to tell my boss to go fuck himself but it's completely within his rights to fire me for that. So mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. the NFL doesn't need convictions on Ezekiel. It doesn't even need charges really no. to punish Ezekiel Elliott. And honestly, most of this is a PR issue because it makes the NFL look bad. And that's what the NFL is pissed about. Right. Yep. Because, oh, we have a star player and he's doing things that are bad. And that reflects poorly on us. It's mm-hmm. not even, well, not even he's doing things that are bad for the NFL. Largely, it doesn't make a difference if if what they're concerned with is optics. Being accused of a crime and actually doing a crime are the same thing. If yeah. all you're concerned with is optics and not actually fixing a problem, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that people are talking like, oh, is he a scumbag? Is he a scumbag? I think he's a scumbag. He might not be a scumbag, blah, blah, blah. That is like... The fact that the scumbag discussion is happening. Right, exactly. Exactly. That's the issue. The issue isn't like... Let's let's actually try and end domestic violence and shift the conversation uh, and understand why domestic violence goes unreported and why these wives of abusive players might want to shut up about, you know, that kind of thing and not want to talk to the NFL about it. Right. Like there's so little of that taking place and it is so obviously all optics which i and i to be fair dave i'm glad that that you kind of stymied me when i was about to like read the statement because it's really good that we're talking about optics right yeah and how and how the nfl is concerned with optics before we get to the statement (sighs) another thing i wanted to mention was jerry jones's reaction oh i actually didn't see that i missed jerry jones was um unhappy to say the least and he was and he he said like ezekiel elliott has done nothing wrong and we're gonna fight this and all that stuff i mean first off one we have literal video evidence of ezekiel elliott ripping a girl's shirt off at the saint patrick's day parade yeah we may not know for sure whether or not he beat the girl but we have video evidence of the sexual harassment right exactly so um and the sexual harassment oh i don't think it played too much into the suspension it was explicitly mentioned 
in the suspension. You don't think so, that played into the suspension? Oh, it it did. I think it definitely I think, did. I think most of what they were trying to do was make it sound like they were really punishing him for the domestic abuse. Right, right. Because it like the way I read it is just like you're gonna you you did this domestic abuse. You're a bad person. Also, you did this other thing, which is also bad. Uh huh. But yeah. really, like, don't hit people and stop being an asshole. And maybe this is a wake up call sort of deal. But of course, Jerry Joe's like, he didn't do anything wrong. We have literal evidence of him mm-hmm. doing something wrong. Yeah, right. We yeah. just don't know if the worst thing he did wrong is for sure a fact. Right. Yeah. Of, of course. And I mean, yeah. I don't really understand how. Jerry Jones is going to, um, if he does attempt to sue or fight, how he's going to win that one. Oh, God. Yeah. I, jeez. And another f- interesting um, perspective that I heard on the radio on the way home was that this is now essentially the second major important owner that Roger Goodell has kind of ex- like gone after in harsh terms. Mm-hmm. to sort of make a statement and Roger Goodell's contract is up in 2 years and God. he's a f- and he's basically gotten two like Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are now probably hate the guy and they're going to be the ones who decide whether or not to keep him employed or to negotiate whatever is coming next so i'm there's there's interesting tensions that may be rising here cuz maybe Goodell's on this power play and the owners are like, hmm, about that. That's that's very fair, and I like I'm I want to kind of see how I would love to fast forward two years and see what happens. And I know this is all very important. I just want to take a sidebar real quick. I I just dropped something into the Skype chat, uh, and this is new as of today. Very big news uh, via GoNintendo.com. The rapper behind the Sonic Adventure Two Knuckles raps returns with a new Knuckles song to celebrate Sonic Mania. Just wanted to put that out there, uh, and then we can keep talking about this very, very uh, important issue. Why, why, why did I pick you as the guy I wanted to do this podcast with? <laughs> I ask myself that. Why, why were you my choice? Hey, hey, Dave. To be fair, I did not bring up Pumpkin Hill. I was not planning on bringing up Sonic the Hedgehog or the Knuckles raps. You see, I I was happy to bring it up because it's good, but, you know, it's maybe bringing up Knuckles in a discussion about a player who may have done a domestic abuse Oh, God damn it, I didn't even realize it. Holy shit, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. Oh, no. Maybe, Maybe that's why you picked me, is because we bring out the worst... Of each other, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. So let's um let's talk about the the statements. So Please. in the in the recently, there's been a couple stories that have sort of leaked that I think suggested that the woman, uh, I think Tiffany Thompson, is the individual involved in the domestic thing. There yeah. was some text between her possibly using um sex tapes of her and Zeke to blackmail him, mm-hmm. and. The NFL came out with a statement basically like trying to suggest that this was the NFLPA trying to help Ezekiel Elliott's case in the appeal. So here's the statement from the NFL. Statement from Joe Lockhart, NFL Executive Vice President of Communications. Over the past few days, we've received multiple reports of the NFLPA spreading derogatory information to the media about the victim in Ezekiel Elliott's discipline case. 
It's a common tactic to attempt to prove the innocence of the accused by discrediting the victim, in this case, Ms. Thompson, when coming forward to report such abuse. Common or not, these tactics are shameful. Efforts to shame and then blame victims are often what prevent people from coming forward to report violence and or seek help in the first place. So before we hit hit the retort, how do you feel about that? It's disgusting. I... It's it is disgusting to me. Huh. Uh, I it 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 is it's mealy mouthed, like lying at worst. It does feel like lip service. Uh, it, it is it is it, it's not just lip service, but it's lip service in the interest of like their business interests. It's like how can we spin this to to get more people on our side when the next CBA comes up? Right. Like they're they're using they're using like not just a battered woman, but battered women like as a shield here. Yeah. <sighs> Oi. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Like what? 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 Was I, like... Again, this is another case where in a vacuum, this is an absolutely good thing to say had had the nflpa actually released derogatory information which there's no there is no evidence that they did by the way no if we had absolutely zero surrounding context of the nfl's uh history with these kind of events making a statement saying that like these tactics are shameful like attempts to shame and blame victims or what prevent people from coming forward to report violence like they're not wrong that's Mm -hmm. not a incorrect statement but coming from the NFL with the surrounding context of just how badly they fucked up and how they're yeah. clearly just doing things for optics and PR. It just reeks of fake. What uh, one of the uh, very interesting points, cause I didn't even think about that when I saw the, uh, the statement um, earlier today, uh, Diana Moskovitz, what she kind of, she unpacks this statement. And again, you really should read the, um, We'll get to the titled. It's titled "The NFL Set Itself Up for This," and she's talking about how, like, yeah, the second half, like, sure, victim blaming and victim shaming are reasons why people don't come forward and seek help. You know what? Other uh, reasons there might be for people not coming forward to to seek help. Uh, You know, the possibility of losing your family's income. Uh, retaliation uh, yep. that they might fear that an on like verbatim from from Diana's uh, piece they say they might fear that an honest accounting of an attack and what they did in the aftermath might make them appear less than perfect under scrutiny or fear being left to defend themselves with few resources which I, I just like the NFL cherry picking those reasons yeah you know it, it's so I think the dishonest. worst part th- thing about this is this, for all we know, maybe this is the NFL turning over a new leaf and we're simply incapable of trusting it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how badly they've screwed up. They're going to have to basically be this hard and this effective on every single incident of this in the future for us to ever trust that they're actually, they actually mean it. Well, but, but also I see, I don't, I, I don't buy that if only because they know that their this statement doesn't exist in a vacuum. 
right? Mm. They, they're not the, the most generous reading of the situation is that they are ignorant that this comes off as a PR stunt, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, and that is like, it's, it's like, are they idiots or, or like how, I guess, how big idiots are they? Right? Are they big enough idiots to realize that, you know, they've been doing this wrong and they, they need to try something different, but not that, uh, you know, big enough idiots to try something different that doesn't help, but also t- big enough idiots not to realize that, you know, a statement like that comes off as hiding behind a, uh, you know, a, a woman that could be a victim of domestic abuse for the purpose of getting uh, for the purpose of discrediting the NFLPA. Let's get to the uh, retort here Please. because this is some hot fire. <laughs> the NFL Players Association releases a statement on the NFL statement. Mm-hmm. The public statement issued on behalf of every NFL owner is a lie. The NFLPA categorically denies the accusations made in this statement, a.k.a. the accusations that they were the ones releasing the uh, the information to the press to help Ezekiel Elliott's appeal case. Categorically denies the accusations made in this statement. We know the league office has a history of being exposed for its lack of credibility. This is another example of the NFL's hypocrisy on display and an attempt to create a sideshow to distract from their own failings in dealing with such serious issues. They should be ashamed for stooping to new lows. Hot damn. I mean, where's the lie? Where's the lie? There (laughs) is none. That is some Oh, that's a oh, mwah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Italian I don't know if I've ever seen gift. the NFLPA that that oh, that's strong because well, they're I mean, like the weakest be? players' union in the uh, yeah. in in sports. And like, damn, that is oof. Well, I mean, that is, they, that is a swift kick in the balls. Yeah, and they 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 were, you know, pretty. I mean, they they came at the NFLPA pretty hard. Right. Yeah. I I just like. Oh my god. I think Whoa. what's great about this is it feels so genuine of a statement because it's so harsh. Whereas the NFL one definitely just comes across as snooty at the most in personality. Yeah. Yeah. But this this is just like no no ridiculous hard stance. You are lying hip hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So so my thing <sighs> though. It- as well with the NFLPA, something I have, and maybe I haven't followed it enough to, or followed them closely enough to really kind of know one way or the other 100%. Um, but something I've respected about them is in uh, is in appealing cases of domestic violence, they are appealing based on workers' rights, not based based on discrediting the accuser or, you know, the, the alleged victim, right? There, yeah. there are cases, at least in, in my cursory uh, kind of knowledge of the way the NFLPA has kind of argued these cases, they've been procedural. It's been like, it's been like, how, how can you do this? There's no, 
there's no expectations. There's no like, how can you, how can you work like this? Right. How, how do you justify this suspension when it all is like you, you throw a dart at the wall, right? It's not like actually, you know, she was a slut. They don't, at least as far as I'm aware. So I think the interesting part here is trying to figure out how the NFL goes forward. Just in future cases. Because the one thing, like, because of their lack of credibility, nobody's taking them seriously here. The thing Mm -hmm. is, if they didn't give Zeke six games, we'd all be yelling at them for not following their policy again. I guess, yeah, because the policy did say, like, if they're under investigation. Because remember when Josh Brown only got one game and Uh we were all really goddamn mad about it? Well, right, but Josh Brown was like, I mean... Not that, and not that a criminal case is is perfect by any means, especially in the case of domestic violence. But Josh Brown's case was actually fairly open and shut. I mean, there were uh, yeah, he admitted it. He he admitted it, right? He admitted it, and they found the diary, and they like they found all this other shit. Having one game for that versus six, because I, I like honestly, I didn't even compare the two. Like I didn't think about Josh Brown when I thought about this, and I should have, because that makes it even more egregious. Because that was honestly the first thing that popped into my head after like the initial sort of reaction was just like, wait, six games is what they're supposed to get, unlike mm-hmm. what Josh Brown got. Is this the first actual, like? Six game suspension. No, when they the... first did the policy, there was a player on the Lions who's like who was like an unknown player. Mm-hmm. I read an article about him. He was uh, like he was like a backup defender or something like that who did something, and he got six games. Okay, and the article was interviewing him, and he was and he was sitting there like he was doing a little bit of like oh I like I I didn't do anything bad. It's like obviously still a little delusional, but he was mm-hmm. also like. I think it was kind of weird that I was the one who got six games when I was a nobody that nobody could really care. But then all these other bigger name players weren't getting the same punishment I was. Mm -hmm. And I found that pretty interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But to my knowledge, he's the only other one I know of who has gotten the full six game suspension. Right. Right. So it's, it's just this weird situation where like as terrible as the NFL is, I'm, in some ways, they're kind of in a no-win in terms of PR here. They they are and they aren't. I mean, you you say you say no win, right? There's a win here, and I can tell you what the win is. The win is like tear down their domestic violence policy and build a new one from scratch because obviously this one isn't working. And yeah, obviously they're not following it. They need to be more transparent. Yeah, they need to. Yes, yes, all of these things. Uh, and like, and like, talk to actual people who work with these cases when you pick your next one, because what the the and Diana goes into this on the piece a little bit, but the um, the consensus and it's kind of like it, this was surprising for me to learn. The consensus among experts is that zero tolerance domestic abuse policies do not help the situation because zero tolerance domestic abuse policies have the uh, effect of uh, demonizing 
abusers and cutting off the family from their uh, source of income. So if I, I want to go back to Josh Brown for a second here, because there was one aspect of that mm -hmm. where I was kind of almost on the giant side. And it's when obviously he should have been cut. He should have been suspended six games immediately when we found all this. But one mm -hmm. thing that I think they said was that they were trying to get him help. Yeah. And I don't think that should be demonized. I think if no. the NFL is going to have this problem and they're going to have players like Josh Brown or Ezekiel Elliott, a suspension, like some punishment is obviously important, but they should be doing more to fix the problem instead of just straight up punish the problem. So I kind of, if the Giants were indeed trying to get Josh Brown help, now they were trying to do it on the down low to mm -hmm. try and get, kind of yeah. like hide the fact that he was a domestic abuser. Right. If they do that like publicly as part of a transparent policy, I think that's great. No, I completely agree with that. And I, I like, I think that, and I'm not an expert, right? But like, no. I think it's got to start there. I, I mean, yes, punish these people to the full extent of the law. That is the job of the law and mm -hmm. not the job of the NFL, first of all. Second of all, the there's a uh, like kind of a, a, a culture around these conversations that that um, that makes it difficult. And like the way we deal with these conversations makes it more difficult for people to come up and own up to it. Because abuse cases are always very fraught. A lot of abused people still love their abuser, right? And if we... There's a lot of gray in this yeah, entire topic that right. we, us two assholes, cannot get into no, in of course. even 30-minute podcasts or <laughs> no, half hour. No, like, we're 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 a couple of dummies here. We're doing our best. So, so that's, that's the thing. And... Whereas we're a couple of dummies trying to do our best and being like, seriously, if if we said anything bad or we got something wrong, let us know on Twitter. We want to be better. Uh, the NFL, on the other hand, is a handful of idiots that don't know what they're doing that are convinced that they know best. Well, they want to be better looking. Yeah, better looking, right. But that's not better. You know what I mean? I, no. I just wish they would like... I wish they would hire on experts in this, like people who do this, who deal with this kind of shit full time and have helped, you know, helped, helped abused people move past the abuse or, or have like done, like done the studies to know what is effective in curbing this kind of shit because it's obvious that they haven't done that and it every time we have this conversation i get mad because it seems so easy to me it seems so easy to reach out to someone else and be like we don't fucking know shit about this shit tell us because that's admitting weakness <laughs> and it's very hard for powerful people to admit weakness yeah well that's I, I, I as I've two got no very argument. unpowerful people yeah. i have no trouble admitting that i'm a dumbass yeah I, I have no argument against that. I think, yeah, that's, yeah. So, you know what? We got 30 minutes out of that and a little bit of Sonic. Let's let's move on to... <laughs> I'm sorry again. I actually feel bad about that now. <laughs> Let, let's, let's move on to slightly cheerier things. Mm -hmm. um, 
one massive bell ring. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding for Robert Aguayo missing his chance to be a buck this year. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> man. I I genuinely did not see the cut coming. I, Me either. I thought he was going to be in a heated camp battle with Nick Folk all preseason, but then they were eventually just going to roll with Aguayo because, I mean, they still spent multiple picks into the second round to get this guy Mm -hmm. and it's one year and kickers are very uh they fluctuate in terms of how good their seasons are very frequently so i i just didn't see this coming out so fast but i guess the bucks were like you know what i don't feel like dealing with this crap let's let's just dump him let's jettison him yeah yeah I am, <sighs> I am so, like, people have made this joke about the Bears before, but now it has really come true. We are the island of misfit toys. I am, I am now pretty damn excited for the season. It's cause, yes, like, he went to the Bears, in case anyone doesn't know. Yeah, he yeah, was picked up now. off the waivers by the Bears, which, quick aside, um, he is now the other kicker to Connor Cook. Mm-hmm. Connor Cook, you may not remember... Was the kicker formerly on the Bucks, who was jettisoned when the Bucks picked up Roberto Aguayo? Yep. Yep. So Connor Cook's kind of in a weird spot right now, where he got kicked off a team for this guy, and now he found another home, and now that guy is behind him again. Mm-hmm. So Connor Cook may end up getting kicked off of two different teams because of the same dude behind him in yep. in consecutive seasons. At the same time, Connor Cook also now has a chance to kick way better and show the teams that he was always the right pick in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, man. I wish that I wish the hard knocks were in Chicago this year. That we got it in the bucks. Show. We still got the bucks. We get to watch the Guayo get cut. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so I guess, you know, that's, that's, that's good enough. That'll be, Oh man, that'll be fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Another interesting fact about Aguayo and the Bears, supposedly one of the things I read, I don't know if this is true, this was one of those uh, draft rumors that mm-hmm. we'll probably never know for sure, was that one of the reasons why the Bucks traded up in the second round to grab Aguayo was they really liked him, but they also heard the Bears really liked him, and they jumped over the Bears, I think, to get to get him to get him so the bears may have gotten their man one year too late wow it's kind of interesting if that story is true if the bears were actually interested in drafting aguayo pretty early one uh fuck you bears you fucking dumbasses don't pick kickers in the second round (laughs) two good job making the bucks look even dumber (laughs) right yeah geez oh my god i (laughs) Is just like so. I'm one. I'm very glad he found a new team, and I, I I'm very excited for him to be on a team without the kind of expectations that the Bucks placed yeah, on him. Yeah, everyone expects him to suck now. Yeah, there's there's no pressure there's on Aguayo anymore. The pressure so is gone. Pressure. The pressure is gone. I mean, there's pressure to like make the squad, right? And, yeah, like and, he still has to beat out Cook yeah. for the team, but. It like the pressure of performing at second round pick levels, like that's all gone because he got cut from the team because the team was just like, oh, we made a mistake, let's just and now he's just the retread who has a chance to just focus on his kicking without too much spotlight. Very true. 
I, I'm just I'm just glad we didn't have to. I mean, because if and when he does get cut and doesn't find a team, like that'll be like fucking I don't know if we're gonna do like a ninety minute special eulogizing Roberto Aguayo and like going back to the film and recounting every single one of his misses. We'll try, but, but our recording will go wide left. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yes, yes. Perfect. perfect Roberto perfect. Aguayo, I'm I'm excited to watch him. I hope he makes the team in Chicago because I honestly, I feel really bad for the dude. It it really does. He was put in a really difficult situation that mm-hmm. never should have happened because no team should be stupid enough to think a kicker is worth drafting in the second round. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God. Still I read very funny. a super, in- I, I wish I remember where I found it. It was one of those things where I just randomly clicked the link on Twitter on some small, tiny blog that had a thing. And then I immediately closed the tab and forgot where I found it. But I read this article by a scout who was um, analyzing his own scouting report of Aguayo last year. And he was, and it was really interesting because it was very about the mechanics of Aguayo's kicking motion Mm -hmm. and how at the time when he was uh, scouting him, he noticed that there was a small issue with his kicking motion and his hitch when he kicks it that he's like, oh, that might cause a problem down the line. But he ignored it for his ultimate scouting grade and ranked him as like a third round draft pick potential. Mm. And then he went back and actually like, started looking at all of his kicking motions over the course of the season. And he realized that that's exactly what happened was the problem that he kind of saw potentially happening. It has something to do with, um, he had like the way Aguayo kicks the ball. Like he has a more aggressive single motion than any other kicker Mm -hmm. in the league. But, and in college, like the way he hits it, normally it would compensate when he would miss, he would miss to the left. And Aguayo in college, it seemed to have at least adjusted to the fact where he could kick it. And it would, he, he adjusted his body to a way where he could fix that little hitch and the ball would go through the uprights. But he noticed in um, the pros that Aguayo was hunched over a little bit more than he used to be. And that position of the shoulders was throwing off like when his hips would rotate and when his foot would come through and that was causing the misses like it's it's super in-depth nerdy like football mechanic shit i i really wish i could figure out where it was because it was really fascinating to that read. sounds amazing yeah and that's that shit i like too like that super those super deep dives into because mechanics. it really makes you kind of appreciate how much work these players actually do do right. Right. To make these, to how hard it actually is to perform. Like, because you think, well, I could kick it through the uprights. Like, how hard could it be if that's your job? But you got to think about it. Like, if your balance is slightly off in your motion, that can just ruin the entire trajectory of a kick. Even just a slight bit. And, like, going in-depth into, like, the body mechanics analysis is just really fascinating stuff. It's, I mean, and for kickers specifically, it's so, so much muscle memory, right? And the, yeah, <laughs> and you pretty much have to go through that, that single motion every time. And that's one of the reasons why, like making them think about it mm-hmm. is like a meme in the right. NFL when yep. you ice kickers, because it is all muscle memory. And if you, you focus on it too hard, like 
part of your shoulders might be misaligned and you'll swing your hips at precisely an incorrect moment and it'll cause just enough of a difference to have it go doink off a side. Yeah. Yeah. I Jesus. And and that it, that's not even that and that's even like it, that's assuming you're like straight on, right? Yeah. You have to make slight adjustments to your muscle memory depending on where you are in the field. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Not to mention wind and yeah, all that other stuff. Jesus. I I kicking is one of the it's underappreciated. Yeah, it's also like that's something that to me it's is not appre- it's it's not so. underappreciated to the point where it should be drafted in the second round, but it's underappreciated as an athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Fair, <sighs> Roberto. I'm I'm hoping I'm really hoping he has a he has a renaissance year, and I think he will. I'll I'll I'll, I'll call that right now. If he me makes too. if he makes if he makes a squad, if he if he starts, he's gonna have a really good year. Are you hyped up about Mitch Trubisky? No. The hype is real, Sam. I know the hype is real. Buddy, I'm living in it, and it's a fucking nightmare. Glennon has one bad game. One one, one really bad game. (laughs) It was not a very good game. (laughs) It was not a good game. It was not a good game. He threw a pick six. Yeah, he did. On his what? It was the first drive? It wasn't the first throw, but it was the first drive was a pick six. Uh... and I, I mean, I guess for all intents and purposes, Trubisky sh- should start, or at least they should give him a shot at starting. Um, I just... I think at this rate, he he's not going to be the starter. No. But he's going to be the starter in the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to... I don't exactly think it's going to take happen. long for Trubisky to get into the game for the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and he's probably gonna suck ass because his success so ass. far has been one preseason game against third stringers. Well, I mean, yes, but also, I mean, you don't even need to stop there. You could you could go back and to his success in college, which is my, what I always go back to. Dude started one year, I think less of college football, one season. If that. that means he doesn't have all that wear and tear on him, he's still oh a yeah, young, he's still fresh. fresh. He's pup. new in box. <laughs> he threw a touchdown to Victor Cruz, and Victor Cruz did a salsa dance, and it felt wrong. I don't know if it felt right to you, but it felt wrong to me. Mm. I'm happy for him, but that should have been our salsa. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I mean, Victor Cruz is a sad story. uh, Yeah. And, and to be fair, he like, uh, I mean, it's, it's that, it's that can of paste that you kind of left out after the party. Yeah. And didn't put away before you fell asleep at this point. And and that, it kills me to say that because I mean, I love Victor, Victor Cruz, Cruz is one of the most likable players. He really he's... is. And I like I, I he's not going to be hard up for work after he retires. Like I, if if I were if I worked for like NFL on Fox or any of those places, I would be like planting the seeds now, be like, "Hey, hey, come be on our football show, please." You know what phrase I've always kind of internally giggled at? Mm-hmm. Hard up. Hard up. Mm, I wonder up. if they should uh, use that in Viagra ads. It's just like, are you uh, hard up for having a quality sexual experience? 
Or maybe you're not hard up, and that's the problem. Oof. Boom. Oof. Very boner good. jokes. Very boner good. Jokes. Boner jokes again. Yes. Speaking of boners, let's talk about the bills. Yes. Oh, man. We only have like 15 minutes to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So I... the bills did some things last Friday. Like the Zeke news dropped. Like this happened in like 30 minutes of rapid succession. Mm-hmm. The Zeke suspension news drops. And then the bills trade Sammy Watkins to the Rams for a second round pick and cornerback EJ Gaines. I like I I feel like the bills lost that trade. If only because Sammy Watkins, when healthy, is still real he's good. Still really good. I when he's healthy, he's like I think top five receiver. And like I was like, well, do they really need like another good cornerback? Like EJ Gaines isn't bad by any right, stretch. Yeah, but like I was like, why would they get rid of probably their best weapon for another cornerback? They already have Ronald Darby. Well, interesting fact on that about. 15 minutes after that news breaks, more news breaks that the Eagles have traded Jordan Matthews and a third to the Bills for CB Ronald Darby. So the Bills replaced Sammy Watkins with Jordan Matthews and replaced Ronald Darby with EJ Gaines. So this is like basically lateral move at best Bills. Hooray, Buffalo. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I just like, <laughs> it's like you, you, like in the most, in the most generous of senses, this is a lateral move. They replaced a good wide receiver. Who's hurt a lot with a mediocre wide receiver at best, who is healthy. We'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. And then they replaced a good cornerback with a good cornerback. It's just, they just like, it's a lot of work, right? For such, yeah. for such a lateral move. Right. So it's... Sean McDermott's making making moves, making trades. And honestly, it's hilarious that they traded Sammy Watkins. They must really be kind of sick of him in some fashion. Yeah. Because yeah. they traded up for Sammy Watkins, yes, remind they did. remind yes, everybody. They, they, they uh they moved up with the Browns to get this guy. And like outside his injury problems, he's been good. So this is a very interesting move, especially replacing replacing him with Jordan Matthews, who on a bad Eagles team was still bad, like mm-hmm. it, and a bad Eagles wide receiving core was still bad, mediocre at best. So interesting fact about Jordan Matthews: about two days after he's traded to the Bills to replace the often injured Sammy Watkins, Jordan Matthews cracks his sternum. <sighs> yep, the Bills got boned. Broken yeah. boned. Yeah. So, it was wow. <laughs> it's like you fucking Oh my god, you, Buffalo. You're like I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go for like a, a I need to get groceries. I'm going to go run to the supermarket and it's like you you you're running you're running you're running and then you find yourself back at your house. And it's like, "Oh, you know, no, it's okay. I I I'm still pretty close to the supermarket. I can just go again." And then you just step on a rake. <laughs> <laughs> It's just... I, I, I was I was thinking uh, you like hit a little crack in the sidewalk and you face plant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's the same way, principle. Like, you you do a lot of work for no gain, and and then you know you poop your pants. Like it's just, it's just I don't. <laughs> it, uh, 
there's something really satisfying about that though it, it it's very like um memento mori like no matter how hard you try everyone dies the bills are they're so pathetic they really are they really are and and God bless him. Rex Ryan was like tweeting a couple days ago about how he was like, no, no, the the Bills are like if they play up to their potential, they're a playoff team. And I just, I think like, if most, I get it. most teams play up to their potential, they're playoff teams. That's that's kind of a non-statement. Sure, sure. But like he also had no reason to make that statement. You know, that's true. They burned him. Like yeah, which is why I was like, oh, okay. But, I'm, you I'm know, gonna take he was with- he was talking like. In that sense, I feel like he's talking about the players who he absolutely still probably has a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. He's not saying anything positive about management there. No, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, why would he? It's almost like, hey, if they play up to their potential, which I don't think it's going to happen. Uh-huh. He's, he's almost trying to subtly trap them. Just like, if they don't play up to their potential, like if they do play up to their potential, they're a playoff team. So when they don't play up to their potential, guess whose fault it is? Not the players. It's not the mm. players. Who else could it be? It's the people who fired me. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Now, feel. Excuse me. I'm gonna go get in a bar fight in Nashville. Yes. More. More of that, please. Why haven't we had more Rex and Rob Ryan bar fights? I. Why haven't we had more Rex and Rob Ryan content in general? We need that a lot. That's like my favorite NFL content. They should um give Rex and Rob like. A road trip show. Oh, God, I would love that. We talked they about just, giving them the... They, they give them an RV, and they just send them across the country to, like, different football sports cities and just bars and stuff. And they don't really have much of a script or anything. They just send nope. a camera crew in the RV with the two Ryan brothers, and they just see what happens. It would it would have to be a big RV or maybe even a tour bus, because my my the, the first thing I think of when I envision this is rex and rob ryan just finding some people that they really like and they're like okay you're on the show now like come come like come with us to cincinnati what the hell right (laughs) and that would be like that would turn into like a they just meet this one guy like this this backwater uh dive bar mm-hmm. who like eats an entire pig or something as part of an eating challenge yeah. and they just fall in love with him and now he's like their manager yep yep I, and well can you imagine if they did a show like that how like wouldn't you want like i would set aside a weekend and maybe buy like cheap plane tickets to like go to a taping of that show for sure i i want to replace almost every sort of reality sort of show and just with the Ryan brothers as the host instead. Can you like property brothers, mm-hmm. yeah. but property Ryan brothers. Oh my, oh my fucking God. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so the Ryan brothers try and sell a house to you. Like I, it's going to be so much more entertaining than what we already have. Tw- tweet at us with, with the, TV show you most want uh, the Ryan brothers to take over. I'm like imagining fucking Scooby Doo, except it's Rex. And I feel Rob like it has to be like a, a live action show. That's I fair. Like, no, that's fair. I feel like it's got to be like The Bachelor. Oh God! Oh but my it's, God! It's, it's, but it's it's Rob bo- Ryan. It's both of them. No, it's, it's both, both of them. them. It's both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, fucking what else? Um, 
bar rescue. Oh my god! Oh my god! Heck yeah! Or like you could do, you could do any food show. You could do like Restaurant Impossible, where they try and uh, where well, that's like oh my god, except Ryan Brothers versus food instead of man versus food. I mean that that just that's not even like funny. That just kind of like sells itself. Day in the life, like that's that's holy shit. They, I mean, there is probably footage. Like enough footage for a season of that, like on their phones already. We wouldn't even need to cut or edit it. Oh, what what about one of those um, wilderness, whatever Bear Grylls is? Yeah, is. yeah, Man versus Wild. Yeah, Man versus Ryan's versus Wild. Yes. or Naked and Afraid with the Ryan. I would, I would, I would unashamedly <laughs> watch the oh hell God. out of Naked and Afraid featuring the Ryan brothers. That yes, yes, please, fucking yes. Please, yes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my, I I can see like the entire episode in my head. So can I. It's just like they're in like the Appalachian Mountains or something, like deep, deep in the mm-hmm. Appalachian, like the Great Smoky Mountains or something, and they've lost their compass and they're they're stuck in this area. And there's bears and they're and they're just a couple of big hunky naked dudes just like, eh, well, who cares about finding civilization, you know? Let's just like make friends with a bear and drink. <laughs> I was exactly like my thought as well. Except like in my mind they had like straw hats and like flip flops and they're wearing Tommy Bahama shirts or no shirts and like khaki shorts just guts hanging out and it's like it it would be like man versus wild but like they would somehow be vacationing the whole time like they wouldn't be able to make a fire but they would just be able to fashion a margaritaville margarita maker out of coconuts palm trees and like twine that they found i don't what if we could get planet earth narrated by the narrated by the ryan brothers Uh, that's another show that i would seriously watch like i would watch the hell out of because do you ever watch viceland at all no okay there's a show on viceland uh I, i actually can't remember what it's called i think it's just called ancient aliens with action bronson and all the show is is Action Bronson, uh, a rapper from New York and his whole posse, uh, gets together, gets really fucking high and watches an episode of Ancient Aliens and they narrate it and they talk about what's happening and it's fucking amazing TV. So to have Rex and Rob Ryan do that, except instead of weed with Jack Daniels and instead of Ancient Aliens, it's Planet Earth. Yes, absolutely i want the ryan brothers to tell me about the majesty of the universe with football puns and and analogies i want to see a drunk history with the ryan brothers i i'm not convinced that doesn't already exist i'm being serious right now i'm no i want i want to see the film of it yeah give me one second rex rex ryan drunk history well it's not coming up on google um so that it needs to happen. Funny or die, people, if you are listening right now, get um, get the Ryan brothers to do a drunk history on, like, tailgating. On, like, the advent of tailgating or something. I don't know. 
Something football related. It would be fucking. I'm trying dope. to think of history that they would actually know. In yeah. Quotes. Yeah. Um, they could do the history of that Bills fan that got her ass eaten out. Um, the history of the Bills fan who fell out of the upper deck. Yeah. Oh, that's sad though. Um, Did he like get seriously hurt? Actually, no, I no, no, no. I, I don't feel think... like he just got like kind of like maybe broke a a bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like. Think I that think he was remarkably was... okay for the distance he fell. Right. There's all. I mean, they could just do a drunk history on the Bills tailgates. I mean, people go through tables. Everyone gets suplex. It sounds like a fucking time. And then you get your ass eaten. So good. Please put the Ryan brothers in everything. Yeah. Yes. I, we we have invented a lot of TV shows on this podcast, but I think these are. This some is an the, entire channel's worth of TV. Uh, for shows. real. I. I mean, I would watch it. But what if what if our old joke of anime Santa and Santa was played by the Ryans? I mean, they could definitely at least be voiced by the Ryans. Yeah. Absolutely. Ain't no reason that can't happen. Except for the fact that I don't know if they would really understand uh, our our vision for the show. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if that would be a bad thing. Yeah, fair. 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 I might be willing to sacrifice the artistic integrity of anime Santa oh, at, man. at high school if the Ryan brothers are the voices. I got to... Uh, I gotta do some thinking on that. Like, you know, listen. Like, and maybe the, it's the and, only... We, we pitch it to the producers at Cartoon Network or whatever does anime shows, and the only way they're willing to pass the project is if they get, like, a decent name... Attached to, to it. voice it. Yeah. So, this is the only way we can get the show made. Yeah. If we get the show made with the Ryans as the voices... I'm I'm willing to compromise my vision. Okay, I mean I'll have to think about that because I it want is to our hear baby, Rex right? Ryan but... pretend to be a teenage Santa Claus, just trying to do his best yeah. while also uh, being a vampire robot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't. Everything about that is everything I've ever wanted. So, I I you know, that's it. Yes. What if they it. introduce Rex and Rob Ryan? as the new Sonic characters. Let's bring this full circle all the way to the they end. They did that already, and it's Big the Cat. So, <laughs> they are both Big the Cat. You you mean the character that signified the downhill of Sonic? Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess the Ryan brothers did I, kill Sonic then. I, like, didn't Big the Cat, like, signify the beginning of... When they started introducing all like these stupid side characters of uh, name the animal. Yeah, well, no, I mean I don't know what the timeline on that was because I think that exploded like before that game. Because there was that Knuckles game that had all the like three other characters. Well, th- that... they had they had Sonic, and then they introduced Tails, Tails. And, and then Tails, Knuckles. I mean, was next. Uh, Tails was a good addition because Tails could fly, mm-hmm. which automatically made him cooler and better than Sonic. And then, then they added Knuckles. They introduced Zeus Knuckles, who was he feels kind of uh he felt a little bit forcey. I mean he can like, he controlled completely differently and like He did. You know he he was different enough that I think it worked. Yeah, yeah. But 
that I feel like it was Sonic Adventure One where they introduced a whole bunch of different dudes like Big the Cat, mm-hmm. and then you the play robot prim- Omega primarily or is Amy. Yeah, like the robot. Well, and Amy and had like, been introduced I, before, which is fun. Well, because yeah. Amy was there for like the TV show and for Sonic CD to like you know give Sonic more of a story, right? Yeah, which is fine, but yeah. But I feel like it was definitely Sonic Adventure One, and then Sonic Adventure Two introduced Shadow. And that's when things started to really get, yeah, really get fan yeah. fictiony. Yeah, and then Sonic Heroes came out, and it's like, let's put Amy on a team with Big the Cat and um, this rabbit. I... Was it Cream the Rabbit? I th- it was a rabbit. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name. And then there was like the other team where there was a crocodile. Yeah, that's that's and a a bee, Charmy and Bee, and Espio I... the Chameleon. It was a chameleon? Yeah. That's what he was? Yeah, it didn't look like a chameleon, did he? No. Well, none of the characters really look like they're... An- like, uh, that's does fair. Does Sonic really look no. like a hedgehog? No, he doesn't. He doesn't look anything like no. a hedgehog. The only one that actually looks like what they are, I guess, would be Tails. Kinda, yeah. Closest. Tails looks like a fox. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Knuckles doesn't look like an echidna. I guess Big does kinda look like a really fat cat. I guess, I guess Cream does... All right, you know what? I'm I'm just proving myself wrong yeah. here by naming things. The point: Sonic does not look like a goddamn hedgehog. No, that's that's true, and that's something that we can all agree on. Sam, yes. How can we follow? Yeah, uh, I'll, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grzezeses, G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S. Um, you can also follow me on the State Your Case podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and I'm also on Twitch and Insta at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave? I am Droplay Dave Approach. You can find me on Twitter at Droplay Dave, on Facebook on at the Droplay Comic, on Patreon, on Instagram at Droplay Dave, and of course on the Droplay.com. Uh, please let us know what shows you think the Rex Riot Brothers would improve the most, because obviously they will improve every show. Yeah. Like I don't know if I just I, I want to I want you to do some of those as comics. I'm just gonna put it right right out there and say it. Like I don't. You see, I probably you would job, if we had but... come up with this uh, during the off season because oh, that would have sure. been prime off yeah. season content. Yeah. But but now we actually now we have actually have news. news yeah. So eh, whatever. We'll see if there's a slow week. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.